Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to continue going through my rest of season positional rankings. I've already talked about the running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks. So it's time to finish it up here with the tight ends. I'll be going through my top 20 tight ends rest of season. And while you guys are watching, if you're enjoying the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, ring the bell so you guys get notified every time I post a video. And then let me know any comments you have down below in the comment section. This could be, you know, maybe you think a player should be higher or lower. Let me know why. Or if you just have any other fantasy questions, start sits, waiver wire pickups, trade advice, anything, drop it down below and I'll respond to every single person. But let's just start it off here at number one. And even though he had a down game in week eight, Travis Kelsey is still my locked in number one tight end moving forward. I just think he has the highest ceiling. You know, he's still way up there in terms of points per game, and that's with him having a fairly down season. I think he's going to rebound during the second half of the year. This Chiefs offense honestly just has to get better. They've been so bad as of late. So Kelsey's still my number one. And number two, I have Darren Waller. I know some people may be making an argument for Mark Andrews. Maybe it was Kyle Pitts before his week eight performance, but I still think this is Waller's job. He's just gotten an insane amount of targets, and the production really just hasn't matched his volume. I think the touchdowns are going to go up. I think he's going to have some big games soon, so he is staying here for me at number two. Then at number three, I have Mark Andrews, and he has really been a very pleasant surprise this season. He's been a major beneficiary of Lamar Jackson's improvement in the passing game. You know, Marquise Brown has been putting up insane numbers, but so has Mark Andrews. You know, maybe his production takes a little bit of a hit. Now that we have Rashad Bateman back, you've got Sammy Watkins coming in, but I still think Mark Andrews is going to be an elite fantasy tight end. Then at number four, I have Kyle Pitts. And I think Kyle Pitts is a player, people are just all over the place on him. You know, coming into the season, he was going to be the best tight end ever, best prospect of all time. You know, I personally had him ranked as my tight end six behind Hawkinson and Andrews, just because I kind of wanted to see it first. And then, you know, he comes out slow the first few weeks of the season. Everyone's just like discarding him. They think he's a huge bust. Everyone just needs to be a little bit more patient on Kyle Pitts. And his value is probably somewhere in between all the swings. He's not some bum tight end, but also as a rookie, I don't think he's going to finish up there with Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. And after I heard the news about Calvin Ridley, I feel like it's almost like locked into our brains to assume, oh, this is good for Kyle Pitts because more targets, he's going to be the number one. And then once you kind of break it down, I don't think Calvin Ridley, you know, taking his leave of absence for however long, I don't really think this is a good thing for Kyle Pitts because overall that offense is going to be vastly worse. And then you're just looking at less touchdown opportunities. When you're on a high quality offense, I mean, look at the Bucks, right? So much competition, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk when he's healthy. All those guys come together and make a fantastic offense, which gives all of them touchdown opportunities that keep drives going. That's not going to be happening here with the Falcons. And considering the fact that Kyle Pitts takes the majority of his snaps out wide, it will be much easier to double him and put some more pressure on him. So with all that being said, I think he's like a mid to high end tight end one rest of season. But I don't think just because Calvin Ridley's out, he's going to all of a sudden, you know, put up wide receiver one numbers. I'm just not seeing it. Then at number five, I have TJ Hawkinson. He's been really solid throughout this season. You know, he had a really hot start, cooled off a little bit, has kind of rebounded and played well as of late. He's just not going to have that touchdown upside 
playing on the Lions, but I still think he's a really solid tight end rest of season. At number six, I have George Kittle. He's definitely taken a hit from his preseason rankings where I had him as my tight end three. Really, you know, the injury definitely hurt him. Maybe he's back here in week nine. Maybe it's week 10. We don't know. But honestly, the more concerning part is that when he was on the field, he was just not very involved. This was a one-man show with Debo Samuel. And so George Kittle was kind of the odd man out along with Brandon Ayuk. I think he's going to perform better when he comes back. Just because if you have a tight end as talented as George Kittle, you've got to find ways to get him involved. I think Shanahan will, but he's still, you know, guys like Hawkinson, Pitts, and Andrews have played really well, so I can't rationalize putting Kittle ahead of any of them. At number seven, I have Rob Gronkowski, another player who has dealt with some injury issues. I do expect him to be back after the Bucks' week nine bye, and people have kind of forgotten how well he played the first three weeks of the season. He looked fresh. His body looked totally rejuvenated. You know, maybe he's a little bit hampered now after dealing with his rib issue and then now back spasms, but I still think he's going to be a mid-tier tight end one playing on a high-scoring offense. We know he's a big-time red zone threat, so I still definitely like Gronk moving forward. I think here at number eight is where we have a little bit of a fall-off, you know, going from Gronk to Mike Gusecki. Gusecki has put together some monster games, but when you look at the personnel in those outings, it was because the Dolphins were missing their wide receivers. Devonta Parker was out. Will Fuller is out. Now we see Devonta Parker is back. That definitely hurt Jalen Waddell, and I think it also hurt Mike Gusecki, because overall, this Dolphins team isn't going to have a crazy amount of passing volume. So if you continue to add weapons into the fold, it's obviously going to take away some production for guys like Mike Gusecki and Jalen Waddell, but he's still someone who's like a lower tier mid tight end one. After him, I have Dallas Goddard here at number nine. Kittle leaving definitely just opened things up for him. I think he's a solid tight end one play. And looking at this Eagles passing offense, I don't trust it at all, but it does seem like Goddard's the guy who's continually involved ever since Ertz has been out. So that's great news for him. Moving on to number 10, I have Dalton Schultz, and he really came out of nowhere. He's really established a nice role as a volume receiver for Dak Prescott. Definitely had a down week eight, but you have to remember Dak was not there. So I just still think he's going to be a solid, consistent option moving forward. And what I like about him is that he has a safe amount of volume. He's not one of these tight ends that I'm going to get to later, like a Dawson Knox, who has scored the majority of his points through touchdowns. He has a nice target share. I think that's going to continue throughout the rest of the season. And he's on a good offense, which is going to mean touchdown opportunities as well. Now let's shift to the back half of the top 20, starting off here at number 11 with Noah Fant. You know, he was someone who I was low on coming into the season. Then he was kind of overachieving. And now I think he's kind of settled back into reality here. And it's not really his fault. I think he's a very capable tight end. It's really just his situation here with the Broncos. You've got a lot of weapons, a lot of mouths to feed. We saw once Judy came back, Alberto came back, Noah Fant did not have a great game. So I still think, you know, he's going to be one of these fringe tight end ones, but he definitely doesn't have the ceiling that he had when Judy and Albert O were out. I mentioned this guy a little bit ago, Dawson Knox here at number 12. He's very touchdown dependent, but you know, it's not the worst thing to rely upon when you're playing in a top tier offense and he's just strictly a red zone threat. We've seen Josh Allen shows a lot of trust in him and gives him those opportunities. So he may be a little boomer bust, you know, because if you're recording three receptions a game, if you get into the end zone or you don't, the end zone game is going to be a great one. The one where you don't score is going to be a big flop. 
but another, you know, borderline tight end one. At number 13, I have Zach Ertz. Obviously, the move to the Cardinals definitely benefited him, just like it benefited Dallas Goddard. He's just going to be a little bit lower than Goddard because I think there's way more mouths to feed on this Cardinals offense. He's now competing with DeAndre Hopkins. He's competing with Kirk, A.J. Green. You've got Rondell Moore thrown in there, plus the two running backs, James Conner and Chase Edmonds, but they've used him right away. He has made an immediate impact, and it definitely looks like he still has a little more juice left. At number 14, I have Pat Fryermuth, and he's someone who continues to rise up my rankings. He has played incredibly well. He has played incredibly well for a rookie tight end, especially as of late. I think he's going to continue to eat into Eric Ebron's snaps. We saw Ebron was out in week eight, and Frymuth played very well. Plus, just Juju Smith being out of the lineup is going to give Pat Frymuth more opportunities moving forward. At number 15, I have Tyler Higby, and he's definitely been a little bit disappointing. There's been some inconsistency there. The volume has been fine. You know, it's been okay, and his snap share is great. The amount of routes he's running, he's really just not producing at the level I thought he would. And a lot of that comes down to him not getting to the end zone, which is tough because he is on a high-scoring offense. This may correct a little bit, you know, in his favor, but I think he's going to be more of a, you know, high-end tight end two, who, if he gets lucky with touchdowns, is more of like a low-end tight end one. Following him, I have Logan Thomas, and Thomas was a pretty tough guy to rank because we've seen, you know, he can be a solid tight end one. We saw it in 2020, but he didn't have a very hot start to this season. Then he leaves. Ricky Seals-Jones plays fairly well. So when Thomas returns, is this going to be like a 1A, 1B type of situation? Does Thomas just totally reclaim his role? We have to wait and see. But I do think it was fair to give him like a mid-tier tight end two ranking for someone who has shown they could be a tight end one in previous years. At number 17, I have Dan Arnold, and he is definitely trending up as well. He's been a guy who the Jaguars have been trying to get the ball to. He's been targeted a fair amount in his games with that team. And really the only thing that's holding him back is the fact that he's on this Jaguars offense. There's just a lot of inconsistency there. You know, you would think they'd be targeting Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault, and it's possible they could go out the next few weeks and target those guys a ton. And then players who have been seeing a lot of work like Dan Arnold or Jamal Agnew kind of take a step back. Overall, there's just not a lot of touchdown opportunity on this team. So those are really the factors that are holding him back as of now. At number 18, I have Hunter Henry. He's played very solid. I just think, you know, rest of season, his ceiling is not great because there are so many guys on the Patriots getting involved on a team that doesn't have a top-tier passing attack. And I also think he's been fairly fortunate in the touchdown department. So maybe that comes down to earth a little bit, but not the worst play. You know, maybe your high-end tight end is on bye. He's definitely someone you could plug into your lineup and feel confident about. We're almost to the end here. At number 19, I have Tyler Conklin. Another player who's kind of a plug-in if your tight end is on bye, or just a solid plug, you know, if maybe if you're playing in a 20-team league. And then at number 20, CJ Ozuma, huge boomer bust player, but someone that you're probably not going to be starting on a consistent basis. So if you are plugging him in for, you know, one or two weeks, I'd rather have someone who's a little bit more consistent. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 20 rest of season tight end rankings. If you guys enjoy the content, please hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, Ask me anything down below, and then go check out my other position rest of season rankings. Those are all up if you want to see more content like this. But thank you guys so much for stopping by, and I'll see you next time.